this young man, uh, this family had just transferred in, but they're no stranger to this church, the Starks. Uh, tonight, we're going to have Jonathan speak. He's been getting more involved as they've come along. So, Brother Jonathan, go ahead and speak. What a pleasure it is to be with the body of Christ and very thankful to be part of a church that is active and welcoming, loving. Y'all have made this place feel just like home, like we've been here for years. And I want to give honor to Pastor and Landon and give honor to Ethan and Andy for all allowing me to be up here. This is no small matter. I'm going to be speaking from Psalms 119, verse 165. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. It says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. This verse is a diamond scripture. This verse is what our world desires to hear. Our society today desperately needs peace. According to the National Institute of Mental Health Disorders, one in four adults suffers from a diagnosable mental illness in a given year. Our society is scrambling for many solutions to these issues and to find peace. And yet scripture offers us a simple solution. Christ is found giving quiet in the midst of the storms of life. Notice the second half of that verse. It literally translates to, they have no stumbling block. It's an interesting parallel with Psalm 73, where the writer acknowledges the goodness of God. He says, truly God is good to Israel. He says, but it's as if he says, I nearly missed seeing it for myself. The psalmist Asaph was stumbling over what the wicked were doing. He was intensely focused on the world around him, and he had lost his perspective. Verse 3 of Psalms chapter 73 says, For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And worst of all, he was beginning to convince himself that everything that he had done for God was worthless and pointless. In verse 13, he said, Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain. He was without peace. He was in turmoil. He said, When I tried to process and understand everything that's going on in this world, I could not make sense of it. But verse 17 brings us to one of my favorite turning points in Scripture. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Asaph found peace in Christ's sanctuary and within the Word of God. When we find peace in God's Word, when we love His Word, we become like the man in Psalms chapter 1 and verse 2 whose delight is in God's law. And because he meditates on it day and night, verse 3 says he becomes like a tree planted by rivers. Notice the plural, rivers of water. This is a picture of peace. When we love His Word, we do not find ourselves with fleeting moments of calm or or mere minutes of tranquility, but we are encompassed by abundant peace. These are not empty, hollow words for me tonight. My family knows distress. I know strife. 
It is easy to see people around and assume that they have it all together. We all look pretty good in our suits sometimes. But as Brother Colby taught, he knows pain. And his Sunday school teacher knew great pain. But both of them were able to find peace, and they did so by standing on the Word of God. They found their backs against the wall, but they stood upon His Word and claimed the promises in His Word, and they found great comfort and stillness because of it. Do you find yourself restless tonight? Rest in His Word. Lay yourself upon the bed of His promises. Charles Spurgeon wrote of the text tonight, Peace dwells not within those who perfectly keep the law, for where should such men be found? But with those who love it, whose hearts and hands are made to square with its precepts and demands, these men are ever striving with all their hearts to walk in obedience to the law. And though they are often persecuted, they have peace, yea, great peace. For they have learned the secret of the reconciling blood, they have felt the power of the comforting spirit, and they stand before the Father as men accepted. The Lord has given them to feel His peace, which passed all understanding. They have many troubles, and they are likely to be persecuted by the proud. But their usual condition is that of deep calm, a peace too great for this little world to break. When my family came to Houston, we came with ultimately one main goal. Everything else was just extras. That's just icing on the cake. We wanted to be closer to my grandparents to help them as they grow older, but mainly also to spend time with them. We'd spent most of our lives away from them. And not even four months since we got here, Bill Peden fell ill. And we prayed, and we cried out to God, and our miracle did not come. If I'm being honest, I thought that my grandmother would be absolutely inconsolable. I, I thought my mom would be absolutely beside herself. I thought surely my grandmother would find herself depressed, lying in bed all day and wailing all night. But there was a peace that filled her house. And there was a peace that filled our house. As we begin to sing the songs of heaven and we begin to read verses of peace and encouragement, God did not work things out the way that we wanted them to be worked out. And we may never even understand why. But there has been tremendous peace throughout these last months. God, I don't understand your ways. I don't fathom why my family is going through what they are going through. But like Brother Colby and his Sunday school teacher, I am standing on the word of God. I am standing on the promises of God. His word has promised me peace. He has promised me a hope beyond this life. He has promised that he will never leave me nor forsake me. He has promised me an easy burden, a light yoke. He has promised me a love that is unending. He has promised all of us incomparable peace to those that love your law. brother Jonathan for that word isn't he a strong tower in the midst of the storm he's a place where you can run and find that peace when all the world around you feels like it's falling apart 
And you shouldn't have that peace. You shouldn't have that understanding. But there's just something about when you serve God that the waters are troubled all around you, but you find yourself just feeling like you're on glass. And it's all because of the name that's stronger than anything else. Amen. It's my privilege. This next young man, I've seen him grow up from the youth and onward. He'd probably much more rather play some kind of instrument for you all night long over here. But I've heard this young man and I've heard his passion for the Lord. And he teaches our CMI class for the, um, for the local college uh, over here. Um, so tonight I want Brother Anthony to come and deliver the word for you. Like he said, uh, I'm more used to being over there, stuck in the corner, not out here in the front. I don't know how you do this every Sunday, Pastor. <laughs> I want to start in my uh, reading in Matthew 5, verse 14, and I'll continue into verse 16. Sorry, Chad. Ye are a light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it unto a bushel. But unto a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see the good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I would like to say my title for today is Beacons. And what kind of made me think of this is I started thinking about what's been going on with my walk with God. Because not all of you know, but... I didn't start off in the church. I actually started off where we would go uh, every Easter, every Christmas, which was which was fun for us. But we didn't experience a church like this. And then eventually we were invited by our great pastor and his wife to come to a service. And uh, I did not know it at the time, but I would soon find a passion and love for God. But that didn't start right off, sadly. I wish I did, but... Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but rather I had started it later, a couple of years later, and that was nothing but for a few beacons that were in my life. I want to talk a little bit about a lighthouse. I think we all know what a lighthouse is. Little boats go to it at night, and they don't drown in the sea because there is a light source. A lighthouse is a tower with a bright light on the top. It helps warn sailors of dangerous areas and serves as a navigational aid that helps to keep ships and boats safe at night. An important part of the lighthouse is the frenzel lens. The lens is made of many prisms that are mounted in a steel frame. The lens arrangement makes light from the lighthouse and lamp act as one strong beam, not multiple weaker, but one strong. The St. Augustine Lighthouse has a first order Frenzel lens and uses a thousand watt bulb. Now, these are definitely not a thousand watt, that would be blind us. The lens consists of 370 hand cut glass prisms. They are arranged in a beehive shape that is nine feet tall and six feet in diameter. The night mark is one fixed white flash every 30 seconds which can be seen up to 24 miles away. It is used after sunset because nighttime is the most dangerous time for ships to navigate. I think we all that are older, above the age of 18, drive a vehicle. 
we can all say that driving at night, we like to put on our lights, right? I have an older vehicle that does not do that automatically. A couple times I've driven without the light on, without realizing it, until I reach a neighborhood that has no street lights. And I'm like, what's going on? I can't see anything anymore. I didn't have my light on because I just wasn't showing it. But in my life, there have been a couple people who have been these beacons to me because, like I've said before, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't always serve God. But God put people in my life to make it where that 24-mile radius, I would never go past that. I would always be able to see God's light just because these people were in my life. A few of these are my mom and my dad. My mom, every single time I'd be in the altar when I was younger, I wasn't necessarily there because of God. I was there because I didn't want people nagging me afterwards. But my mom always took it as an opportunity to pray for me. And I'm very thankful that she did because here I am to stand this day up here to be able to speak to all of you fine folks. Can we give her another hand clap? She's amazing. She plays ups with me every day. And so she did that every single service until I started to actually love God for myself. And my dad, he was there to always tell me stories whenever we'd go out to go shopping, just the two of us. And at first, whenever they would happen, I kind of went in one ear out the other. But nowadays, I'm very grateful for it. In fact, this last week, this very scripture that I pulled out, he actually brought up to my memory for it. I'm very grateful for it. I'm very grateful for Landon, who has been in my life for many years. In fact, I don't know if y'all know this, but this Bible that I'm using right here is the very same Bible y'all gave me whenever I graduated from high school. And how that has a whole loop around and of its own. But I'm not here just for that. He's also a man that would pray for me in the altars. He was always there every single service. Always there ready to pray for me. Even though I was maybe not the brightest. <laughs> I also had Sister Gail in my life. Because I don't know if many of y'all know this. I was a huge person that was into the metal and death metal type culture. Which is not of God. But she would always be there to always kind of keep that boundary and always remind me, hey, God loves you. You don't need to listen to this music to take out your anger. You don't need to listen to this music to feel better. I'm very grateful that she was there because now I'm here to pursuing a jazz education, not just for jazz, but for gospel in itself, for God's put a calling on my life to go out into this world and do his music. You see, but one of the most important people was Malachi in my life because... Whenever I would go out, and I liked playing video games a whole lot, where I actually competed in a competitive scene, he would always be there, be my friend. We would go to Whataburger a lot. You ordered too many buffalo chickens, by the way. And he would always bring up the word to me. I always, in my life, have always had someone who has loved God so much that they would always bring them, bring it into my life. And that's just not a coincidence. That's because God had something important in my life. So he had these beacons in my life. He was ready for me to follow him and worship him. But I was running away. You see, in our world, it's a very dark world. There's not a whole lot of light out there. But us in the church, we know everlasting light. We know a light that will never go out. We know a light that can cure all sicknesses, that can cure cancer cancer 
I can cure AIDS. I can cure HIV. It can cure pretty much anything you can think of. Not only that, but it can also cure depression. It can cure anxiety. It can cure addictions to drugs. It can cure addictions to alcohol. It can cure addictions to pornography. It can cure any of these in your life. But our world needs some beacons. I'm here to ask the Church of Greater Life to become these beacons to the world. Because it's not just for people, for me, to go into my college and do it. It's also not just for our high schoolers to go out into our high school and do it. But it's also for our younger adults. It's also for our, I guess, your normal age adults. It's also for our older people, our elders. It's for all of y'all. Because God wants us to preach the world to everyone, going door to door, and just, you know, giving love and talking about Jesus. And as I close, I would like to just remind everyone of the little song, This Little Life Mine. I'm going to let it shine. Thank you. hold us close. What a God we serve tonight. Amen. Our last speaker tonight, man, there's so much I can say about this young man watching him grow the last five or six years now. You know, we call, sometimes we call our young men and our young ladies the future, but these are world changers now. Amen. I've watched, I've watched this young man impact a Bible study that's been going on now for four years, three, six years now. This young man has had a huge impact on this. I've, I've gone out to eat with him and he's known people and, and he would just talk to them and they'd, they'd almost commit to coming. Some have come to the Bible studies, but not some have come to our church services. I've seen him be an impact on on this generation today. And that's what our young people are today. The future are the little ones coming up. But these young men are now. The ones that I, the two that we had speak tonight are now. Our youth are now. Amen. Not tomorrow, but today. So at this time I want Brother Malachi to come on up and deliver the word tonight. Thank you, Brother Andy. Um, I'd be remiss in telling you, uh, if, if nothing else that you gain tonight, uh, I'm here to testify that this works. This works. He, he's been so good to me, and um, I just, I, there's nothing I could truly tell you. Um, there are friends I got at home that are uh, watching, and I, uh, you know, I've, They've struggled with, you know, questions and on how they're going to get through um, and truly wondering if this is a this is really the way, you know, and I I just want to tell them if you're watching, this is the way (laughs) this is this is the way Jesus. Jesus is truly the way, the truth to the life There's, Yeah. Yeah, no one comes to the father except through Jesus. Um. My laptop is giving me trouble here. Uh, 
Well, um, the, my message to the message that uh, I believe the Lord gave me tonight uh, is call for the corn. The call for the corn. Um, and yeah, I want to give honor to my pastor, Brother Landon. And, uh, my Bible study. I, I wouldn't be here without uh, the truth. I feel like there was the truth was there, and um, if nothing else, I knew that I was going to hear the truth about you know sin and things in my life that I needed to change. And I was very grateful that somebody was willing to tell it in love. Right. Well, my first scripture I'll be uh, going through is uh, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six to thirty. When you got to say amen. amen. All right. Okay. It says, uh, a new heart also I will give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Mm. This change that God will perform reverses uh, the effects of sin on the heart to one that's sensitive to the to its power. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. <clears throat> Wasn't just what uh, Prophet Joel said, but Prophet Ezekiel referred to this pouring out of the spirit too. And you shall dwell in the land that I will give to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. And I will also save you, thank you, Jesus, from all your uncleannesses, and I will call for the corn. What's the corn? And I will increase it and lay no famine upon you, and I will multiply the fruit of the tree and increase of the field that ye shall receive no reproach of famine among the heathen. Then shall ye remember your own evil ways and your doing. I'm thankful for the truth today, y'all. I'm thankful for the truth. Mm. That you that were no good and shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. Not for your sakes do I do I this, saith the Lord God. Be it known to you, be ashamed and confounded for the, your own ways, O house of Israel. And in Matthew nine thirty five to 38. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send. Send. Um, when I was looking at this word, uh, I found a, that it would, I, I guess, a, a better word to describe what this word was really saying is produce that he will produce workers that he will raise up workers forth into this harvest amen will you pray with me tonight thank you jesus for this word god i'm asking that you would help me
I know it my lips are clay tonight. Do what only you can do tonight, Jesus. But we just bless in me and more of you, God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 In the book of Colossians 3.2, it admonishes us to set our affections on the things above, not on earth. There's nothing like getting to introduce someone to him. I mean, if you've gotten the privilege to see somebody meet him for the first time, there's, there's no better feeling. Amen? No better feeling. There's nothing like getting the revelation of God uh, for yourself until you get the revelation of who he is for someone you personally know. My goodness. For I, am unash- for not, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and to also the Greek. What he's trying to say here is it's not just for you. It's not just for the Greek, my people. It's for everyone else. Yes. Amen. It is not just for Israel anymore. It's for whoever will. And I'm grateful to get to see God touch those around me. I'm unashamed of God's power to transform. I've seen him do it for me. And he can do it for you. I'm glad that Jesus himself has made himself accessible to us. Since he saved us, he sets the terms. Amen. Therefore, since he has commissioned us to teach the gospel, which is still repentance, Immersion, baptism under the water, and being filled with the, with the Spirit, evidence by speaking other tongues. I'll tell as many as I can. That's, if that's what it takes. Amen? Amen? We have all seen the throngs, the, the people. The, they're all around us. They need hope. They need beacons. Brother Anthony, they need beacons. And... Um, yeah, we bump into them all day at our jobs, schools, in the store. These are the same groups that Jesus would have compassion for and say, pray for more laborers. They need us. They need more of us. They're all around us, aren't they, Anthony? Man. We are not saved by our self-sufficiency or our works for us to boast. However, we are saved unto good works. We are saved unto this harvest. It is my desire to be a a vessel of honor. It is a privilege that is not exclusively mine, but it is granted to me to be used by God and to become an ambassador for him. It's a privilege. For that honor, I'd gladly be a vessel to show the mystery and display this hope in me, the hope that we will see heaven. It's the hope that we bear the hope that we bear, that light. No one's going to see it unless we go. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, but he chooses to dwell in us, in in tabernacles of flesh. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, sorry. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, 
the unsaved or the ungodly, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. One commentator says the natural world is a visible symbol of the spiritual world, cause and effect. It is as uniform as in the spiritual as in the material. The Lord thy God will set thee high above all the nations of the earth. As in nature, it is certain that all botanical life shoots upwards. So the gases, as it expands, also extend. So in this spiritual kingdom, it is certain that goodness will grow into eminence. Tis not merely an arbitrary decree of God. Tis the outcome of the very constitution of the universe. The character of God is a guarantee that the constitutional principles of his empire do not change. I'm so grateful for a God that does not change. Amen. Israel serves as a picture, example of what God likes and does not like. He's immutable. He does not change. But God always has an answer to lead or save his people. In Ezekiel 36, 20, 22, it tells us what he uh, wants to save, save uh, his people from. And wherever they went among the nations, they profaned my holy name. Because it was said of them, these are the people of the Lord. Yet they had to leave his land. But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations to which they had gone. Therefore, tell the house of Israel that this is what the Lord God says. It is not for your sake that I will act. It is not for our sake. O house of Israel, but for the holy name, which you profaned among the nations to which you went. And I will set up one shepherd over them. Excuse me, that's in chapter 38. And he, he shall feed them, even my servant David. I believe what uh, the scripture is saying here is, um, you profane my name wherever you went. Wherever you went, you served your idols. And uh, I intend to send someone who, who would help. And that was, that was one like David, not David. And um, David had a heart of flesh, right? Or excuse me, he had a, a heart after God's... Uh, he was a man after God's own heart, right? And I believe he was sending a shepherd like David, not David. Uh, I think that's important going forward here. So on the, day, on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached from Joel's writings, which precisely explains on whom God's spirit will fall. If Joel does that, I think Ezekiel says why his spirit must fall, right? So it is uh, always taking a fire to show us that God is in there with us, right? It, is always ta- it always takes a Babylon to purify his people, and it has always taken a trial to mature our faith. And there has always been a call for the corn. That's the corn. What's the corn? A, a call for the hopeless, a call for the captive, a call for the poor, a call for the sick. There comes a time when God will no longer suffer the reproach from the heathen. He's doing it for his name's sake. That name which is above every name. That name in which every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. Yeah. There comes a time when there will be no delay. When deliverance has arrived, when there is no more famine. But the corn is here, right? He's just looking for the right kind of worker. He's looking for the prayer warrior. 
He's looking for the laborer to work the field. He's looking for his unique characteristics that distinguish his family. It's the corn. It's the corn. God is calling for the corn. He's compelling it out of the shadow of death. He's raising it in his marvelous light. Amen. Until that day when he'll call for his corn upward into glory. Thank you, Jesus. You pray with me, church. Amen. Can we stand all over this house tonight? Amen. How many of you are ready to labor for the Lord? Amen. There's a world out there that needs us now more than ever. How shall they hear without a herald? Without somebody preaching? Without somebody telling them? Amen. Even people who you think may know don't have the slightest clue. It was just a few years ago, my wife and I were having a garage sale and this lady came by and she said, I, I know y'all, I see y'all, you know, you get dressed on Sunday mornings and in nice clothes and y'all go to church. And she's like, what, what's the name, uh, what's the name of the man that, that y'all worship, the man that y'all pray to, you know, what, what, what do you call him? And this is not some foreigner that just came out of the jungle that you know knows nothing this is a woman who lives right here in the usa who was probably in her 50s and she can't even think about the name of jesus and she says you know the the, the one the one on the cross the one on the cross what what was his name and I, it just broke my heart to know that there's people so close that don't even know the name of jesus You've got a wonderful opportunity right now to be a light, a beacon. You carry that that peace with you wherever you go. That light that shineth in the darkness. Amen. It lives in you and I. I hope it does. Amen. And the wonderful thing about that light that shines in the darkness, the darkness comprehends it not. It cannot put it out. It cannot silence it. It cannot do away with it. Amen. Would you lift your hands all over this house tonight? Father, we thank you for your presence that is here. We thank you, God, for each and every song that was sung tonight that lifted our spirits. As we worship you, O Most High God. We thank you for every word that was spoken by these anointed young men. God, that you have used tonight in a mighty way to minister to not only those that are here but those that are watching online tonight and those that will watch God I pray tonight that you would go with each and every one of your people let us be a light like never before God let us be a laborer for you Jesus telling others about you of your goodness that we call for those that are broken and weary God and we tell them they can come unto you all those that are weary and heavy laden and you will give them rest God you came to save those that were lost 
You came not for the ones that were whole, needing no physician, but you came for the sick. You came to set at liberty those that were captive. God, you are here for us tonight, your people. God, that we may be blessed. We're already leaving better than we came because we've been in your presence. And we give you glory and honor and praise tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Come on, give them a hand clap of praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, young people in Hyphen, for a wonderful service. Amen. I feel blessed tonight. Amen. Thank you for letting God use you. Greater Life Church, love them tonight. Let them know how thankful you are. And you can go out there and put some money in everybody's bucket but mine. And you're dismissed tonight. Love somebody. God bless you.